Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up? Welcome back to another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. College football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the best time of year, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. You can also place the same game parlay for a shot at an even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one, like which team will win, which team to score first, and more. What's cool, when you hit it, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you you can just pull the money out right then and there if you want. What are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the promo code DNBR. Bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly with that code DNBR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Only one per new customer, minimum $5 deposit and wager $200 issued as $825 free bets. See terms at DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, all right, all right. It is Thursday, August 18th. It's about 4.15 in the afternoon when I'm starting to record this one. We had a spicy day on Twitter yesterday. Former CSU women's soccer coach Bill Hempen took a shot at Joe Parker, and we had an article come out from 104.3 The Fan which accuses CSU football of uh, scheduling their entire fall camp around not attending a media event at Blake Street Tavern. The whole controversy, if you can even call it that, uh, stems back to an interaction on Twitter started by the owner of BST back in March. It's been this whole dramatic ordeal. Um, I can tell you, First and foremost, CSU most certainly did not schedule their camp around avoiding Blake Street Tavern. That's absurd. Pretty sure I know who the source is on that. Uh, I'm not going to get into it, but I I can just say with certainty that Jay Norvell does not give a damn about a Twitter interaction last March. Not going to spend a bunch of time on this, but obviously it was a pretty big topic online amongst Ram fans, so I did want to address it. I support what CSU did. I'll say that first and foremost. Frankly, I, I don't think it really has anything to do with what happened last March. If it did influence CSU's decision, I mean, can you really blame them? When the owner of an establishment openly mocks your school and conference, and challenges Ram fans to come at him. And then, you know, when they do, tries to then play the victim card and have, you know, his friends in the media attack CSU and enact like, you know, he didn't just challenge the fan base and mock them and then tell them to come at him. I mean, I could see a I could see a scenario in which, you know, that university would then not want to support said establishment, particularly when you're already playing second fiddle to CU. 
and have to, you know, split attention with the Colorado School of Mines, UNC, and Air Force. You know, the article's like, the other schools are still coming. Of course they're still coming. Those three schools don't get any attention. They get no media coverage whatsoever. Of course they're still coming. Jay Norvell just had his own Denver media tour last week. He's on six live broadcasts and met with the Denver Post. That's a hell of a lot more valuable for CSU. He's 100% in the spotlight on multiple platforms, radio, TV, podcasts, and newspaper, which obviously, you know, a newspaper, not a broadcast, or a, but you know what I mean. You know, he's, he's got all the bases covered there, doesn't have to share any of the attention, and it happened to work better in their schedule. It was one day after they held their first scrimmage, so CSU was off from practice anyways. This upcoming Wednesday, the 24th, when the event is, CSU has practiced from 9 to 11, because that week, the scrimmage is on Saturday. It's the final scrimmage of fall camp. And by the way, I saw a couple TV news reports, which it was good to have them up at camp, don't get me wrong, uh, but they kept saying it was the final scrimmage. It's not. There's one more. But this whole thing is just so silly. I mean, clearly what Norvell did last week was better for CSU. He got way more attention, way more Denver eyes on him. It worked better in the schedule. I mean, this is a non-story. And honestly, just as an outlet for 104.3 to be the one stirring this up is is laughable because all of their hosts are CU people, and the only time they ever mention CSU on any of their big platforms is when they're mocking them. But anyways, like I said, not going to spend a lot of time on this. Not worth it. But I did want to comment on the notion that CSU could have put... (laughs) Or just the accusation that CSU could have, you know, scheduled their their camp around missing BST. Like that was their that was their purpose. It's just hilarious to me. Absolutely hilarious. But that's just how this rivalry seems to go. I mean, anybody associated with CU always believes that every decision CSU makes is oriented around them and you know, our world revolves around them couldn't possibly be that CSU did something on their own which was better for them. No, I mean, it's all just to get back at CU. (sighs) Goodness. Almost said a swear word. (laughs) All right, getting me all stirred up. I was able to catch up with 2023 CSU basketball commit Kyan Evans earlier today. Really enjoyed that. Look out for that on the Rams pod tomorrow. We were able to talk about what sold him on CSU. You know, he talked about how much he loves this coaching staff, how excited he is to play for Nico Medved and Ali Farouk Manesh. It's a really good interview. You guys are going to enjoy it. Very much appreciate him. Um, hoping to get some of these CSU football verbals on the podcast as well. Um, have had some scheduling conflicts. I'm in contact with quite a few of them, but. We'll, uh, we'll make it work. We'll make it work as we get closer to the season and throughout. I mean, we can keep up with these guys throughout the year. But let's move on. Let's talk about this Bill Hempen situation. Again, he took a shot at Joe Parker on Twitter. And then that is kind of a nice segue because we were actually able to get an impromptu interview with Joe Parker after the scrimmage yesterday. Appreciate him for taking the time to do that. We'll, I'll just kind of go over some of the things that he uh, said to us, and then I'll play some audio from that as well. 
Real quick, Breckenridge Breweries, the official beer of DNVR, beers on tap and regular seltzers are being sold in the bar. You guys know we love our Breck beers at DNVR. Breck Brew has a beer for any occasion, and there's no better way to watch a game than having some Breck Brew with you. They've been doing it for over 30 years, and it all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. Personally, with the fall coming up, I recommend the classic Avalanche Amber Ale. Though I do, on a much different note, love me, absolutely love some Mountain Beach. It's my favorite sour out there. They released a new Summer Pills Shandy this summer that's fire. They also released Hard Soda Seltzers, which are really, really good. The Root Bear is my personal favorite. Uh, Closely followed by the Coca-Cola. Check out the Breck Beer Locator to find the closest liquor store, grocery store, whatever near you. That offers all of the awesome Breckenridge products. And go check out the Breck Farmhouse. It is an awesome way to spend a weekend. All right. Bill Hempen, former Colorado State women's soccer coach, hired back in 2013, went 36, 85, and 20 over eight seasons, was fired before last season. And then Keely Hagen was brought in to take over the program. Bill Hempen yesterday posted, he actually reposted my photo from the scrimmage, which was inside the football stadium, obviously, and a photo of the CSU women's soccer pitch with a uh, bleacher next to it. Obviously, it looks significantly less impressive in comparison, but Bill Hempen, Hempen posts those photos with the following caption, Title IX, after 10 years as a program. Cause for a raise and five-year extension. Not even trying and no one says a word. Nothing to see here. Spicy tweet from the former CSU women's soccer coach. You know, it kind of comes off as sour grapes in my opinion. Um, Hempen's a veteran coach. He was at Duke for over a decade. Was at CU for 11 years and obviously eight years at CSU. So a a lot of experience. Objectively, just, you know, couldn't really get it done. I mean, the facilities early on in his career were were terrible back when they still played at the Lagoon. That was before Joe Parker even got there, actually. The the playing surface that they have now is actually pretty solid. I mean, and if you're talking about quality, as far as, you know, having a a great fan setup, no, it, it's not really ideal. But I mean, it's not a revenue generating sport, so there there isn't a ton to operate with there. I will say, you know, they have they're about to begin construction on the women's sports complex. That'll be big. You know, that'll be really big for the program from a recruiting perspective. That was one area I definitely felt like Hempen came up short, and I would like to see Keely Hagen do better at. Colorado is is just filled with talent. I mean, it, it produces some of the the most elite women's soccer talent in the country, yet our program, which has existed for, you know, a decade now has like one winning season, 2019, 12-5-3, 7-3-1 against the Mountain West that year. Look, I, I don't pretend to be a soccer expert. I am a fan. I grew up playing the sport, you know, my entire childhood up until high school I played. But, you know, I again, there are people that are much better sources for this. That said, my family very involved in the sport. I have cousins that played at, you know, the highest of levels in Colorado, went on to play collegiately, a little bit younger than me, so would have, you know, been in the the time frame in which they could have been recruited by Hempen. 
uh, based on the conversations I've had with them, their teammates, their coaches, and some other people around uh, the, you know, the Colorado soccer scene, you know, ha- just have not heard a lot of good things regarding Hempen and his local recruiting. One of the common things that I heard was that, you know, he didn't really recruit the stars to, to come to CSU because he felt like, you know, they should want to represent their state. And, I, you know, to an extent, like, yeah, I, I kind of get that. It, it would be ideal if you had kids wanting to represent the state. But there's a program with no history. You got to get out there and you got to really sell them on the potential and, you know, convince them to, to build it up. Now, obviously, there's two sides to every story. But, I mean, I wouldn't say it on here if I hadn't heard it from enough independent sources that are unrelated to each other to feel comfortable to do it. And, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to pile on the guy. I actually interviewed him once uh, for a feature that I wrote and spent like 45 minutes with him in his office and, and enjoyed the time I spent with him. I, I got along with him well in my time. But from what I heard, you know, not a super personable recruiter, particularly with some of the the local talent that you would have wanted to land in the program and was, you know, an intense coach to play for. Anyways, on the topic of women's sports facilities, we were able to have an impromptu interview with athletic director Joe Parker yesterday. He told us that construction on the women's sports complex is set to begin soon. We have not yet seen any uh, renderings for what that will look like. I imagine at some point we'll get them the locker rooms at Moby Arena, which have been uh, totally renovated, that project is almost done as well. They have had some delays due to supply chain shortages. Not shocking. I mean, that's a common issue amongst all industries right now. I am excited to see what that looks like. The locker rooms have long needed to be renovated. That was a project that you know probably should have happened a long time ago. But I mean, there's only only so much money to go around. I, I get that. You have some serious restraints, but for, you know, a a basketball program, I mean, really, I mean, Ryan Williams has had quite a bit of success as well, but obviously with the men's basketball program and how, just how much they've been in the spotlight these past couple of years, you know, three state 20 win seasons last year, the highest NCAA tournament seating in program history, back-to-back years of winning the most Mountain West games in, in program history. You want to keep that up. You want to keep recruiting at a high level. You want to continue being successful, but you've got to have the facilities to contend, you know, with the San Diego States of the world, and even the CUs of the world. I mean, CSU and CU, especially in basketball, are in on a lot of the same local prospects. So this is going to be big. I mean, you've got great coaches. You have a successful track record. You have an atmosphere that's proven to be epic. I mean, it should continue to be a great place to play next year. Obviously, a little bit uh, disappointing that Roddy didn't come back just in terms of how it you know, lowers the team's ceiling a little bit. But I still think that this pro- team is going to be really, really good. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I can't wait to see how these improvements to the facilities you know, hopefully benefit the program moving forward. As far as what else we heard from Joe Parker, CSU uh, football season ticket renewals around 85%. It's never going to be 100%, so I think that's actually a pretty solid number, especially when you consider this is right after back-to-back Adazio seasons and then you know the two most disheartening Mike Bobo years. So it's been a really rough four years. I, I think if Adazio would have been coming back for year three, and this is just pure speculation, I don't have any basis for this, but 
I mean, I, I honestly could have seen it dipping to like 50% season renewals just because people were so, they were just so disheartened. I mean, you could see it on Twitter. I, I know a lot of people that were going to cancel their season tickets ultimately renewed because they were so rejuvenated by Norvell. The key now, obviously, is to just build that that season ticket base back up. Uh, currently around 12,000 season ticket holders. You want that number higher. I mean, I, I think you'd like to see it ideally at least 15,000, which I believe is what it was around when Joe Parker took over um, unofficially. I, I should have verified that. Um, I, I mean, if CSU were to win for a couple of years, you know, maybe 18,000 would be achievable 20 would be phenomenal and then you know if you if you had that many season ticket holders and you're winning that much you're probably selling a lot of uh, per game tickets as well but the most interesting thing that i thought joe parker talked about was just kind of conference realignment and expansion i'll actually play this audio but i mean he he called it a group effort and said that people can kind of be critical of him when he says this and you know, I, I, if you're going to be mocking, I, I would be like, well, aren't you the athletic director? You're the guy that does it. But he's, he re- he's really not wrong. I mean, it is a group effort. You've, if, if you're going to attract a power conference, obviously you, ha- you have to have a successful program. You've got to win. And CSU football has not done that in, in quite some time, at least not on a consistent basis. But you also need, you know, great TV metrics. You need people engaged. You need great attendance numbers. And when the Big 12, you know, had to expand following the departure of Oklahoma and Texas, CSU really couldn't deliver on any of those fronts. Joe was pretty honest about that. And it's true. I mean, it's just true. Obviously, winning would help cure a lot of those issues. But ideally, you know, we can get some of these casual fans to start buying in now. And this is the perfect season. I mean, it really is the perfect season for it. You have an awesome home slate as far as kickoff times go. I mean, the latest being 5 p.m., that's extremely fan-friendly. No reason for excuses at all. At all. I, I want to see a sellout at some point this year. At some point this year, we've got to sell out Canvas. The most likely game for it to happen, probably homecoming. October 15th, so not too hot, not too cold. 5 p.m. kickoff. I mean, just having the homecoming crowd naturally, you probably have the best opportunity. Second best, probably a month later, November 12th, another 5 p.m., the border war against Wyoming. But if the Rams could, you know, pick up a couple of wins, maybe you win those first two home games, win at Nevada, then win on homecoming. I could maybe seeing the I could maybe see the October 22nd home game against Hawaii be a sellout. That's 2 p.m. October 22nd, I mean, a perfect fall day, you would think, shouldn't be scorching hot at that point, but also shouldn't be freezing. You can come up to Fort Collins in the morning, have a nice day, still get back at a reasonable time. But one of those games, man, we got to see some great crowds this year because now's the time to buy in. You have a coach that you can be proud, represents your program, a respectable guy. You have a football team that's going to play an aggressive, exciting style on both sides. The vibe should be tremendous in Fort Collins this year, especially if they win these games that they should. And that's a big if, because let's be real, you know, over the last six, seven years, you know, a lot of those home games that you would think you should win at home, they just haven't. FCS opponents, Toledo, Vanderbilt, I mean, it's 
it's been rough in that regard, and you definitely don't want to sleep on on Sacramento State coming in a top ten FCS team. But I think that this team is is talented enough to to be competitive. I do think reaching a bowl is is certainly possible, and you know we should hope for it. I don't know if expect in in year one would be fair, but definitely hope with the talent that they have. And I think it is you know realistic again. I think they could be amazing next year, especially if they keep, you know, a lot of these key players in town and in the transfer portal era. That's always a big if. But I mean, a lot of the guys are transferred once. He can't transfer again without sitting out. But if we really want to catch the attention of, you know, one of these power conferences, gonna gonna need some solid attendance and, and TV metrics over the course of a couple of years. I mean, who knows when this next move is, is ultimately going to happen when the next domino falls regarding conference realignment. I'm sure it'll come at some point in the next couple of years for CSU's sake. I hope it's not, you know, for like three or four, even five, you know, just because they, they need some time to win and then build up the brand and just, you know, kind of improve that national image again. But the fans got to do their part too. You know, they've, they've got to show out. I mean, they, they, we've got the, the facilities we've invested. CSU has as an institution. You know, they went and poached one of the best coaches in this conference and brought him over. They're trying to win. I mean, that's really all you can ask for. Obviously, it gets really disheartening when year after year they come up short. But, I mean, without a doubt, CSU is trying to win at the highest level in the Mountain West right now and would love to, you know, get out and compete on an even higher level. So just food for thought. I'm going to leave you with some Joe Parker audio. Thank you to everybody for tuning into the podcast. Again, we'll have more content throughout the week. We'll see if it's uh, another spicy week on Twitter or if things will calm down. feels like there's always something that comes up. But yeah, it was a fun episode kind of all over the place. But sometimes it's good to have those. Variety is the spice of life. All right, that's all I have. Going to leave you some Joe Parker audio. Much love, y'all. Peace. But yeah, I mean, it's it's important for us to get people back and get people committed to the program. It means an awful lot to the support of the program financially, but also also on game day, you know, we're looking to create a, a great home field advantage. Do you know where you're roughly at as a season ticket base? Um, I think we're somewhere a little less than 12,000. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We get a weekly report. I can't remember what it was last week when I took a peek out there. Have you just kind of tangentially good response to the kick times, you know, all afternoon evenings this year? Uh, Yeah, I don't think there's anyone that should find a way to complain about our (laughs) kick times, although, you know, it's hard to please everyone. Um, But, you know, no game after, but with a later kick than 5 p.m., I think that's that's pretty good. I, I have heard from folks that, that like to bring their children, you know, when it's a family experience, that makes it a lot easier, especially for those folks that are coming up from Denver. Uh, but, but yeah, you know, I, I hope that people recognize that it's not going to happen this way every year, and, and there's not much that we can do to control it, but um, we're not going to turn down the kick times we got this year because it's going to help. Enjoy it when you get it. Yeah, exactly.
Mexican kid with the cup khakis Wearing graphic tees Feeling way too trendy Raps that kill Oh, I'm deadly Primed and ready Like machetes At a deli In New Delhi Feeling scummy Like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly Then drink it like juice But water's the truth So I sip on that too Skinny looking kid With no car keys Like the only thing I drive Is RCRV He's got the stash Like Steve Harvey Oh, I'm gnarly